Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to another edition of the Ambassador News Radio Show on the Ambassador News Radio Network. We thank you for joining us wherever you are. We appreciate you checking in with us uh, today. 646-929-0130, the number to get in touch with us. Press 1 to get on the line. Uh, You have um, any questions or comments, hit us up there. You can also uh, hit us up at uh, Facebook at Pad Nation and on uh, Twitter, Pad Nation 2. And, of course, uh, you can definitely hit us up at uh, labachelor40 at gmail.com, labachelor40 at gmail.com, and Instagram at labachelor40. I want to bring him a guest. Always good to have him on. He is the senior pastor of Maximum 
Family Life Worship Center in Greensboro, North Carolina. Of course, you, it airs every Saturday. Their cafe broadcast on Saturdays from 5 to 6 p.m. He is Pastor Omar Rojas. And, Pastor, I appreciate you coming on. God bless. I hope all is well with you, sir. All is definitely well over here. I hope all is well with you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And thanks for coming on. Uh, I wanted to, uh, every now and then we have these, uh, well, now and then, of course, uh, in, in our own personal uh, time, um, we think about these things. But uh, as it relates to conversations, things that uh, not just make people think you would hope, uh, especially in what you do, that they think in a study, um, so we have these conversations uh, from time to time as it relates to um, the word. Uh, and the question for you tonight, and the question I put out there in social media uh, to those who wanted to um, comment on this, is what does the Bible say about justice? And the, I think the, the more important reason why I wanted to ask you and have you on, Pastor, uh, outside of the fact that you're knowledgeable um, and forthright and you keep it on the word, but you're very practical in how you um, explain things, is that we're in this climate of hate and divide. I won't even say, uh, Pastor, people that look like you and I, I can't even say criminal justice system. I say, for me, criminal system. I don't see a lot of justice for folks that look like us. So people are hurting. People are angry. They're upset. So what can you say, aside from the scriptures, what what would you say uh, the Bible says or where they can uh, lean on and count on as it relates to justice in this this climate right yeah it's uh we are, are definitely in some uh <laughs> special times um if that's even the proper term to use um to describe you know the i guess the the time or even the climate that we're living at this particular moment and um you know it, it is challenging uh, you know being a a man of color you know, it's a really, really special time. Right? It's, it's kind, of, kind of hard to get away from that particular word today uh, or this evening, but um, it, it, it is very, very uh, challenging to, uh, you know, I guess believe in, in the justice system or just that word in general, justice. Uh, I think a lot of it comes down to uh, and this is the hard part is you know, from from a uh, a believer standpoint um, mm-hmm. is trusting God, you know, trusting that that um that you know that His word is true and, and you know his, his promises are are true and that you know as as the scripture would say you know that you know, vengeance is mine thus saith the Lord we say it often you know uh, but you know. Many times we we you know seek our own justice, you know, and so it's almost you know, it's, it's really to the place and to the point where we really have to get a good definition of what you know uh, justice is or, or the type of justice or, or vengeance that that the Bible talks about, 
Because, like, you know, a lot of times we just we want people to hurt like we hurt, and that's what justice is supposed to be, and that's just not. It's absolutely not true. You know, and, and you you bring it up a little bit. Uh, um, I just wanted to let you know that too. Um, how do you talk to your congregation? How do you talk to believers? And even well, we'll get to non-believers, but how do you talk to believers um, that not only are frustrated with everything, and and keep in mind, you know, people who are practicing social distancing and and staying at home and doing all those things, it's already a a, a tough uh, and 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 very uh, timid situation where it you know people are ready to explode because they've been locked up inside the house and doing all these things with the mask and everything else but when you have other uh spiritual leaders if you have other pastors you have other people who are leading congregations who want you to play politics maybe not necessarily get involved we'll get to that but but you know play politics based on near political beliefs. So if you're a conservative pastor, you know, maybe you're telling people, well, this is why we need four more years of the guy occupying the White House. (laughs) Or if you're a Democrat, you're saying, well, this is why we need Joe Biden. So how do you get around people like that that are um, maybe hearing that from either uh, Christian believers or even the person who's leading their, their church, their congregation? <laughs> you know that, that's a really really great question um, because you know we uh, I probably run into it you know daily because of course I, I I do work a, a regular job and you know a lot of people you know they know I'm a pastor and uh, you want to know where I stand and you have as you said you have your conservative Christians and you have your uh, uh, liberal Christians uh, if if you will. Um, and so a lot of people want to know where, you know, where I stand. And uh, I, I try to keep it real general and uh, <laughs> um, and, and, not, <laughs> and not try to fall on, on, on any side of the fence per se, um, you know, in that, you know, I, I just, you know, for me, I just want to be led. You know, however God, you know, leads me, you know, um, to to vote or, or, or even to believe, and that's, that's the way we're going to go. Um, I'm always going to use, you know, for me personally, I'm always going to use, um, you know, the, you know, the Bible or the Word of God to to, to you know, make really any decision that I make. Um, and um, so, you know, as I'm kind of skating now, it it is challenging um, to 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 get around that because people want, you know, especially in this climate we're in now, people want definitive lines, um, and um, you know, we can we can draw definitive lines without being you know without being biased as well. So, you know, we just gotta you know, for me personally, just gotta you know really be really really mindful. You know, and 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 while I may you know think uh, or believe the way that I believe, I still have to keep in mind that you know other people have their own way of thinking and their own way of believing, um, and they're not wrong for the way that they they believe or the way that they think. They you know. As as we would say, you know we're all, we're we're a product of our, of our environment, you know, and so right. all of our all of our um, you know belief systems are uh, impacted by the same things. But we've all gone through 
for different things. You know, you know, we all have different experiences, so um, we draw, you know, our beliefs from there. And so, um, you know, it's really just a matter of, of being open-minded, you know, and not, you know, as they would say, uh, you know, judging people for the way that they believe. You know, it's, it's simply just a reflection of their experiences. Just joining us, we're talking with Pastor Omar Rojas uh, here on the Bachelor News Radio Show on the Bachelor News Radio Network, WCOM, in uh, Chapel Hill, Carville, North Carolina. And, of course, the uh, his show, Maximizing Maximum uh, uh, Family Life Cafe, airs every Saturday, 5 p.m. Eastern time here on the Bachelor News Radio uh, Network. You know, Pastor, getting to... You know, I, I, listen, I, I clearly, clearly don't know as much as you, obviously, um, but just in doing some reading and, and research on this topic, it, it seems as though, right, that the, the Lord does love justice. It says it in Psalm 33.5. It says it in, in Revelations. It says it in Psalm 89. Um, and you know, ultimately, it, it it seems as though we are supposed to um, help those who be a voice and 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 uh, body and and um, take a stand for the oppressed, um, help the poor, um, help help those that are marginalized. So, shouldn't we be engaged in fighting for justice when we see? Not just it's not just about those protesters, and we should be engaged in maybe different ways and different looks. Isn't that what the Bible calls us to do? Uh, absolutely. You know, we you know we should um, you know as believers we should be you know defenders or you know defenders of 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 the faith. You know, and and you know you know justice is really just you know <laughs> you know I just literally looking at definition is just behavior or treatment or, you know, the quality of being fair and reasonable, right. you know, and, you know, unfortunately, you know, obviously we're having this conversation is because there's a whole lot of, you know, un- unfair treatment going on, you know, and unreasonable things going on. And so, yeah, we should, um, uh, you know, as we we're saying, you know, defend what we need to defend, but also understand that, um, we all defend differently, you know, not, you know, even in the boxing realm, you know, no two fighters fight the same, you know? Right. Um, and so, you know, we have to understand that, you know, Hey, I might fight this way. You might fight another. There's nothing wrong with the way that either one of us fight. That's just the way we feel comfortable fighting and the way that we feel and, you know, I guess more impactful with our fighting um, is by doing it the way that, you know, that we feel comfortable. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's a lot of what's going on, especially you know within the you know within the church, um, and even outside of the church. You know, we you know because people are not doing you know exactly what you know others think they should. You know, then well, then you don't <laughs> you don't be, believe in equality, or you are, you know, or you're. But where's you're the right. but where's the you're, boundary, you're right. Pastor? Where, where's the boundary? Where where we where do we stop? Where do we draw the line in in terms of fighting for justice, fighting for those who don't have a voice? Uh, again, the poor, the the sick, those who are being oppressed based on, you know, color, religion, sexual orientation, whatever. 
um, where do we draw the line and uh, and going too far, or make sure we don't go too far in terms of fighting for justice? Uh, yeah, that's, that's that's a really great question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, obviously we want to you know you know fight till we win, right? But you know we we want to uh, you know uh, we want to definitely fight until. We, you know, I want to fight without going against the Bible or, 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 you know, committing some type of sin or, you know, against God or against his will. You know, uh, you know, I, I, I fight all the way until, you know, obviously I, I personally, you know, I would say that the, you know, the, the, the Bible would be, would be my guideline. So I'm a fight until I get to the point where, you know, okay, well, I'm getting ready to break this, you know, let's use word, the word rule. I'm going to fight until I'm close to breaking this rule. Okay, that, that's far enough. You know, that for me personally, that, you know, the Bible, you know, has to be, you know, that guideline or that or that, that divisor, if you will, and say, hey, we can't go past this point. You know, I got a, a great question that came up here, Pastor. And, well, the person basically, it wasn't a question that uh, the emailer said to you, uh, the comment is, uh, does God care about justice? Absolutely. They quoted Amos 5.21, They quoted Isaiah 58.6.7, um, you know, uh, and, and, and various places. And, of course, they mentioned, you know, uh, Jesus helping the poor in, in Matthew twenty three twenty six, um, and then they went on to say, "Vengeance is mine," thus say the Lord, and they left it at that. But my question is: Is there a difference between vengeance and justice? Because again, it it if the Bible's calling us to to fight to be just for for those who don't have that. Um, then we we are like you said it comes out in different ways, um, or as they, they it seems as though I wish they uh, they're listening, wish they emailed back. They're saying, hold up, God will get the final justice for all of us. So what what's your your thought on what they said? Right. Well, I mean that's that's absolutely true. Um, you know, again. Can't can't fight the scripture, right? But uh, you know, it, you know, vengeance is his. You know, as scripture says, "Thus says the Lord." Um, but that doesn't mean we don't, you know, uh, stand up for what's right. You know, which is essentially what justice is. Um, you know, we do have to stand. Um, so, you know, vengeance is mine. Thus says the Lord. Absolutely. You know, and so as I was saying uh, uh, just a little while ago, you know. We're going to have to trust that that the way God repays injustice is the right, um, I guess, repayment, you know, for for the injustice. You know, again, a lot of times we want what we we want God to do it the way we want to do it, but we, have, right. you know, as believers, have to trust that when He says vengeance is mine, that that. You know the the right judgment is going to be passed. You know to this injustice. You know, and and that's the hard part. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, you know, if if somebody you know uh, 
know, murders my child. Well, as a parent, <laughs> you know, well somebody got somebody got to go. <laughs> you know, as a parent, you know that that's that that's just as you know as like the Old Testament would say, you know, an eye for an eye. You know, but in trusting God and trusting the Scripture, saying, you know what, that may happen, I'm going to have to trust the way that God repays that. And 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 no one understand that that his judgment or the way he handles it is so much worse than what we can do physically to somebody. I got to say too, Pastor, in your position, as you mentioned, of someone losing a child, let's say tragically, we've seen Breonna Taylor and uh, Trayvon Martin and George Floyd. And I mean, we could spend a week on all the deaths in our communities. Um, I got to tell you, I, I would not want to, I would not want to be in your position to be able to say to these people, I, you know, I'm sorry for your loss. I know you want real justice, like hardcore, you know, man-made, if you will, in the flesh, right. but trust in right. God. And that's got to be an enormous job for you to take all of that anger and pain and say, but trust in God. I mean, it, you, it, yeah, it's, yeah. I guess for, 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 it seems that you, Pastor, it's a real test of the faith for the person who, unfortunately, the family members who've lost their loved one to have that real trust and that real faith. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's very challenging. Um, you know, and this, you know, it's not just because of what we're experiencing now, but just this, this is something that, you know, as a pastor, we have to have these conversations often with, with, with just the things that people go through, you know. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of times we just don't understand, you know, God and, and, and how he moves and how he operates because, because, you know, quite honestly, because the way we've been taught, you know, you know, the way we've learned or, or, you know, so we have this, this misunderstanding, misconception of how God moves. And so, you know, you know, with that, it gets really challenging to say, you know what, okay, I trust you, you know? And so, you know, at that point as a pastor, you know, it's tough because, you know, now we're going to have to go back years into into somebody you know, into somebody's belief system and say hey you know what you're thinking might not be exactly the way it is in the bible let me help you understand so that we can have this conversation or or so that we can get to this place where we actually do trust god you know based on what you know what i'm now learning you know um, you know about his promises and things of that nature so yeah it it is it is tough you know it's not just something that we deal with as pastors um you know, with the things that that's going on now, but it's like this is an everyday, everyday thing almost. You know, uh, everyday challenge that we we're faced with. Do you feel like uh, a pastor that you have to kind of go into your upper room a little bit and <laughs> and keeping your keeping your spiritual your spiritual way about you and not feeling in the flesh and boy that. I can't believe they did this, or I can't believe they, you know. And I'm sure you're doing it in your private, but you have to, you have to kind of redeem yourself, and and you can't do it in in the public. Right, absolutely. You know, it, it is, um, you know, with everything that's going on, it, it is frustrating. It is, 
aggravating, upsetting, whatever words you want to put, you know, <laughs> you know, how, how everybody feels, you know, we feel the same way. And, and, and it's, it's tough, you know, because, you know, with, with, with all that we know, with all that I know, I still feel some kind of way and I still, you know, want to, you know, w- you know, want to do something. But again, I, as you said, I got to get into my upper room and, 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 and get myself together. Um, um, not just for my relationship with God, but for for that 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 God has you know entrusted me with to lead, you know, to to be that example um, uh, for them to look at, so that you know we all don't react in you know the same way, but we have at least one person responding the correct the correct way. Mm. Just joining us, folks. Uh, we are talking with Pastor Omar Rojas of the uh, Maximum Family Life Worship Center. A church in Greensboro, North Carolina, beautiful city of Greensboro, great church and uh, a great word. If you get a chance, we'll give the address and everything where you can come there and Zoom or either way and hear the word of God from from pastor and first lady or a, a co-pastor Rojas, I should say. Um, let me ask you this, as, at the risk of going too deep, um, talk about the, I guess, the spiritual danger, if you will. Um, of losing someone or feeling that anger does it from a a spiritual sense does that open the door to you know uh, the tempter if you will uh, it, it especially I mean remember lots I mean not lot but Joel Joel's um, Job's wife said. Um, you know, curse God and die, you know, in anger when all the, he lost everything and he had all the bumps and things are coming down, uh, that story. So it, it, isn't that a danger where we allow the enemy to kind of come in at that point? Uh, you know, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, and again, that's why we, uh, you know, have to be so calculated and, and really just trusting in God. Um, and <laughs> I'll just use the same word, the same term again, but, you know, really getting into our, into our upper room or our secret closet and, and really having this conversation with God, because, you know, temptation is, you know, the enemy is going to come in, you know, as they say, you know, as the Bible says, it's like a flood, you know, and, um, you know, we do have to be mindful and careful, um, to, to, Find a way to deal with our emotions um, so that when the temptation comes, um, I can, you know, I, we, we can, you know, I can handle, you know, the temptation coupled with my emotions. Be- well, because I've, I've done something with my emotions. And, and, and that's part of the problem is, is that, you know, we just, as, as people, have not learned how to handle our emotions. So that when temp- when the tempter does come, when the temptation does come, you know now it's my emotions on top of of you know this this uh, this temptation, and, and and naturally we're just going to you know fall if you will because it's just too much. I got to do something. <laughs> Put, putting on a full armor, boy. Talk about it. But it's, for me, I, right. I mean, I'll just be honest. It's, it's easier said than done, boy. Because Absolutely. you know, you, with the COVID and everything, you just you just sometimes, uh, and then you have this different, I don't know, debate or if you want to call it that, where you know you shouldn't question God. People will say, "Why? Why me, God? Why?" 
you know, those type of things. Uh, that that seems to be um, very. I, I hear a lot of that, Pastor. Um, right. You know, not just the, the killings of black and brown people, but unemployment and the COVID that's causing all of this stuff, and and then the the divide of you know whose side are you on? Are you on the side of evil, or are you on the side? You know, these these type of divisions it seems to be really rough. Can you offer any? Um, uh, a scripture ultimately as you said you know better than i that you know it it goes back to you know studying and showing yourself approved and and those type of right. thing but can you offer some scriptures that people can can have some hope um and then please do make sure you give all your information website uh church times and of course anything else you want to uh put out there sir and I, and i think you said it um I, I think you said it, um, I guess, the way that I'm probably going to go here, you know, in, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, you know, um, the, you know, the Apostle Paul is, is writing a letter to the people of Ephesus um, and telling them, you know, to, to uh, you know, you have to put on the whole armor of God, um, you know, and, and, and that is what we have to do. We really, you know, you know, on purpose, we've, we've got to, you know, prepare ourselves with the Word of God. We have to prepare ourselves, you know, with prayer, um, because um, you know, as as the uh, as the King James version would say, um, uh, I'm actually looking at it, um, but it, it talks about how. Uh, Ephesians 10 and 13 says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, having done all, to stand. Um, hmm. And so, you know, for me personally, the way I look at that, um, that evil day that, that Scripture talks about, I like to call that a dumb day. So, like, there, there is a day that's, that's, that's going to go, excuse me, that's going to come that, that's going to challenge your resolve to be saved, challenge your resolve to you know, live peaceably, uh, you know, with all men as the scripture. But, you know, there's going to come a time and in a moment or even a situation that's going to challenge um, your resolve. And guess what? It's okay. Um, it's okay um, for those things because they're going to happen. But we do have to prepare ourselves for it. And I think a lot of times we, uh, you know, we just kind of live our lives, you know, just day to day, you know, <laughs> like everything is all peaches and cream or whatever the case may be and our you know and then we you know hit, get hit with something and it's a surprise but understand that you know there's days that are coming like the old cliche you know mama said there'll be days like this and they're coming you know but we just have to really prepare ourselves with our relationship with god and we and we we get ourselves to get we get our relationship with god by uh you know through prayer and through and through his word and so you know, when we, this is going to sound crazy, but when we don't need God, we need to be in the faith. You know, mm. um, you know, when we do need God, we need to be in the faith. Um, you know, why? Because there's a day coming that today may be all right, but tomorrow be, may may be that day that I have a real challenge. Tomorrow might go the day after. It might be a special day, you know, and, and I'm going to need that, that, that whole armor of God to be able to handle um, that evil day that is that's approached. That's why I love you know uh, you know about this particular text. It tells us 
it's going to happen, you know, but we have to prepare for it um, so that when it happens, we know what to do. We know how to handle our emotions. We know how to handle situations. We know how to handle, you know, you know whatever may come up. Why? Because I'm prepared for this. Um, yeah. And so uh, I, I just want to encourage, encourage, you know, all of us with that. Hey, let's, let's prepare beforehand. Um, so that, so, you know, it's like, uh, like, like, like Joshua in, in you know, in, in the old Testament where, you know, he had a, a vision of, 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 you know, famine. And so what did he do? He took about seven years and he started to prepare for what he had saw. He, you know, everything mm. was looking good at the moment, but he began to prepare for what was coming. Um, not knowing when it was going to happen, but just knowing that it was going to happen. Um, and so it's the same thing. We got to we got to make sure that we prepare because those days are 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 approaching. They are ahead. Um, and so, uh, of course, you can catch us uh, catch us here um, on, on the Bachelor uh, radios. Uh, they show, but um, the Bachelor News Airtime Pro on Saturdays, five five p.m. to six p.m. Um, also, we have our services on Sundays. Uh, we have what we call Life Cafe. That is our version of Bible study. Not Bible study, but um, uh, Sunday school. Um, and so we sit around and, and we have a conversation about life and we drink coffee. We like coffee. <laughs> we love coffee. Um, so we have coffee and different uh, uh, drinks, basically continental type breakfast. Um, where we sit down and just have a conversation about life and, 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 and how, the, how we can apply the scripture to our lives. And then our service um, um, starts at at 9:15 on Sunday mornings. Um, of course, we are on um, on Facebook. We do go Facebook Live, um, and you can find us again on Facebook at Maximizing Life Family Worship Center, home of the Max Life Church. Um, we go you know, go to that page and hit like. Um, we do go live for Bible studies. We do go live um, for our uh, services on Sunday morning. Uh, we are located at 2902 East Market Street. In the, I like to say it this way, in the great metropolis of Greensboro, North Carolina, um, <laughs> we would love uh, to 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 um, have you as one of our guests, whether it's online or or, or even in person. We do have PPE, uh, we do uh, offer masks, and and we do have gloves and and and, and plenty of hand sanitizer. Um, uh, stationed in different uh, places in the sanctuary as well as in the front. So. Again, we would love to to have you out, Pastor. I uh, as I was about to let you go, I had uh, two comments uh, um, that came in. If you want to comment on, you can. If not, it's fine. But one said, "We are in the end times, uh, and yes. to be alert, be ready." That's what um, uh, Susan said, and then. Uh, Jenny said, though we live in a world rife with injustice, we can look to God with hope. He is just yes. and he sees every act of oppression. Jesus has promised to return and bring justice once and for all. Until then, God commands his people, commands, she said, with big capital C, his people to mm-hmm. pursue justice by treating others fairly, caring for the needy, right. and standing up against oppression. I thought that was right. pretty profound. Absolutely, we have to. We have to, as as we said uh, earlier, we have to be defenders. We have to do it righteously. We have to do it so that we're not in, you know, violation of His word. 
Absolutely. Pastor, as always, man, love you. You and your um, congregation, you and your wife, say hello. Um, thank you, Janelle. I know you're probably listening. Um, appreciate you, and, of course, we'll continue to, to spread the word here on our airwaves. Thank you so very much, and enjoy the rest of your day, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Love you, too, and, and, and you be safe. Thank you. Always good to have Pastor Omar Rojas, the Maximum Family Life Worship Center in Greensboro, North Carolina. And, of course, you can hear um, their live cafe, um, the Life Cafe broadcast that airs on Saturdays, 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Bachelor News Radio uh, Network, of course, uh, and, uh, of course, at thebachelornews.airtime.pro, thebachelornews.airtime.pro.
Welcome to the Bachelor Boys Radio Show. Welcome back you know? to the radio show. <laughs> we are back. Today we What's got up, we got special guests. Me and Craig. Kevin Bachelor. What's up, Craig? Alright, bro. How you doing? You ready to talk about some LeBron? Talk yeah, about I'm more. ready talk for about the... Uh, well, first let's man, wait, wait, wait a minute. You guys got to talk. You guys got to talk at one time. First of all, you got to talk at one time. All right. All right. So, all right. so your all first right. topic, your first topic is LeBron won his fourth championship. He's won uh, MVP third. with three different franchises. Franchise. So, um, who has who's had Craig? I'll start with you. Who's had the greater career, not championships, but the greater career? Uh, LeBron or Michael Jordan? Oh, easy question. LeBron has. You know, LeBron got the body size. Um, he's tall, uh, can play make, can play defense, can shoot. He can do everything. Jordan, could, he was able to do the same thing, you know. But I feel like LeBron had a better season because, you know, Jordan had his Pippen and his uh, Rodman. LeBron only had his Kyrie at the time. Then he had his AD. And then in the Heat, he had his Bosch and his D-Wade, you know. But I still think LeBron is better on the court and off the court. Kevin, what do you think? I think it's Michael Jordan because, um, I mean, he created the super jump, the space jam, and he was in the movie. And, hey, like, I'm not trying to disagree. It's just, like, he – LeBron opened the school. That's nice. But, like, MJ, that dude, his career was – he had a whole last dance, so – he had a whole episode, and that was just, like, he just did a whole Space Jam movie. It was so cool. And LeBron, he's just getting older and older. But um, I like him, but MJ had a better career because, like, LeBron, he he just had, like Craig said, he had Kyrie and AD and D-Wade and Bosh. Um, but MJ had a whole team. Like, they can pass the ball to MJ. And they can start, like, Pippen, Pippen was the, like, the, the small forward. Um, Rodman was the rebounder, and MJ was the scorer. So, yeah. And Steve Kerr was the point guard. So, yeah. That's all well, I have to he, say. Well, well Craig, I, what I want to know is if – LeBron had a better career, uh, are you you just talked about his size, but what about – you know, his play, you know, Jordan won six titles with one team. Then he went to the Wizards, of course, but LeBron won his four with different teams. Is, is Jordan better because he did it with one team at at the time? Oh man, that's a hard question. Uh, You look back at the hall of famers, other hall of famers, you know, y'all mean didn't win a championship. He's hall of famer, you know, uh, Allen Iverson, same thing with, um, Charles Barkley, uh, yeah, Melo, that's a, a future Hall of Famer. Um, but I still think LeBron's the greatest because, you know, LeBron can do it all. I mean, Jordan can do it all, but, you know, LeBron had better seasons, way better seasons than um, Jordan. Um, he He's in front of Jordan in uh, most points, most career points, I believe so, um, in third place. And LeBron has made 16 all-star appearances, I think. Uh yeah, I believe so. And Something has like been that, in the league man. for like seventeen years, and Jordan only been in the league for how many years? 
Hey, hey like Kevin, is, do, you, do you think, Kevin, okay. you think Jordan, you think LeBron is in better shape than Jordan? You think he's going to play longer than Jordan and be, and be and win more titles? I mean, he, he, uh, I mean, Jordan, he's, he's done with his career. He's, he's big and chunky. Like, players do that since the 80s. <laughs> they just, the 80s and then now 2020, he's big and, and LeBron, he's growing the white beard. He's getting it bigger. But now, wait a second. Who who had eleven rings? That was Bill Russell. Yeah. No, no, so, he he had eleven. Then he won. He won a couple of titles as a coach too. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think LeBron's in big shape with MJ, but. Um, I think MJ still the goat. MJ still the goat. Based on the titles, Kevin, is that what you're saying? Based on the titles? No. Based on he's just a greater player than than LeBron. You know, some people don't like LeBron because he speaks up, uh, Craig. I mean, I like LeBron. He speaks LeBron. out, like you said. Uh, yeah. Right. But yeah, you know, some people don't like him because he speaks up, Craig. You just said something about you like him because he was great on it. He's great on and off the court. Is that what you mean? Yep. He made like Kevin said. He made a whole school in Cleveland. A whole school. Opened a whole school for people to go to. Kids. So um, and you need education. No. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin, you breathing entirely too hard into the microphone. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's what you, I'm saying. Just want to let you know. I'm just trying to let you know. This is, you know, uh, you still sound good, son, whatever. but you're breathing a little too whatever. hard. You're breathing whatever. a little too hard. All right, All right yeah. listen. Uh, what about, let's, hey, listen, let's go. We haven't talked about, uh, we haven't talked about the fact that Tom Brady is in Tampa. Let's start with you, Craig. We, uh, he's in Tampa. Wait a minute, listen. Wait, listen, because, you know, we, we don't got a lot of time. So, listen. So, he's in Tampa, and... You know, they're three and two. He's in the division, you know, that you like the Saints. Of of course, you're a Carolina uh, Saint. I mean, a New Orleans Panther. But anyway, <laughs> um, you're he's in that division. Who's going to have the better year, Tom Brady in Tampa or Cam Newton in New England? Ooh. Oh, Ooh. Tom Brady, no doubt. I don't like Tom Brady, but, you know, Tom Brady has a team. Cam, has, he doesn't have a team like that, you know. Um, he has slow wide receivers. They can catch the ball, but, you know, they're not deep. I mean, they have you know, a run game. Like, yeah, that's, they're not like Mike Evans or Godwin or uh, anybody else like that. And Chamba uh, has a defense. Can't, you can't forget about the defense. Patriots has a defense, too. But at the same time, Patriots has to worry about the Chiefs. I'm not saying they're in the division. The Patriots are going to win their division, no doubt. But um, when you go to the playoffs and you face with the Chiefs, that's something else. You know, Patrick Mahomes is Superman, best quarterback in the league right now. I mean, I'm not saying I like uh, the Chiefs, but, you know, uh, Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league right now. And um, hey, you know, but at the same time, Tampa – you said what? You think Tampa's going to have a better team. Yeah, hey, uh, yeah. Kevin, you know, your, your Chiefs yeah, lost right. to the Raiders, by the way, whatever, recently. Whatever. But, whatever. but, but listen, and that bandwagon going by, you tra- you'll be changing teams pretty soon. But anyway, listen, no, what about Cam Newton? Cam Newton, 
but 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 Kevin Cam Newton before he got the virus he was dominating and they yeah. won the two two games. Um, you don't think the Patriots could get to the Super Bowl with Cam Newton, Kevin? I don't think he's gonna get to the Super Bowl because I don't even think football should keep like playing and stuff because people are getting sick like this and. Yeah, it's just not good. Yeah. Because Cam got the virus. So yeah, and they kept playing. You're, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Um, what about my Steelers, guys? You know, and by the way, if you don't cheer for my Steelers, you know, you're going to be cut out the wheel, I just want to say. But, Cap Gray, <laughs> what about my Steelers? How you, how far do you think my Steelers are going to go? I mean, oh, yeah, I your Steelers are going to go very far. You're you're going to go far to the point you're all going to play the Chiefs, and that's going to be a really good game. I mean, I'm not a big Steelers fan. I'm a little Steelers fan, you know. I like like my favorite Steelers player is Paul Malu. But um, y'all are a dominant team. You know, y'all are definitely going to play y'all. I think y'all can handle Lamar at this point. You know, the defense is crazy. The rush game, the coverage, everything is good. You know, um, good coach. Uh, got your quarterback back. You know. Um, wow. Good wideouts and a pretty good running back, you know, and a good offensive line. So I think that y'all are a playoff team, you know. Yeah. Hey, and Kevin, what do you think uh, about my Steelers? How far you think we'll we'll go? I we, mean, we can beat you. We can beat you. We can beat your Chiefs. We we can beat your Chiefs. I'm just telling you right now. You're so funny. So funny. Oh, funny. You can beat the Ravens, but you can't beat us. So, yeah. Anywho, um, I think, <laughs> wait, is, wait, you guys are AFC. Is the Buccaneers AFC? I think they, yeah. No, they're yeah. AFC. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, um, anyway, no, um, if you guys play the Patriots, I don't know who's going to win. I mean, if Ben Rossett Burger, um, um, like stay healthy a little bit. So yeah, but they'll be a championship team. Hey, look, yeah, um, yeah, your, your uncle Junior's uh, Kevin said you breathing like him. I just wanted you to know that. But listen, <laughs> uh, hey, Kevin, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin. Speaking speaking of the speaking of your uncle Junior, he likes them them sorry guys in Dallas, the Dallas Cowgirls. <laughs> How you think Dallas? I feel I feel bad for Dak Prescott. Let's be real about that. We do feel yeah. bad for him. He got hurt. But, that's crazy. But, I don't know how he got hurt. You, but that's crazy. He tore his his ankle. Just went left, and his body went right. Let's just say that. But uh, uh, Kevin, how, you think Dallas will make the playoffs with uh, Andy Dalton as their quarterback and 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 Dak uh, <laughs> out for the rest of the year? No. <laughs> yeah, that, no, shout out to Junior. Dallas gonna lose. Yeah. Look, man, Dallas yeah. is gonna make the playoffs, no doubt. They have no division. They they're not in the division. You wanna know why? Zeke, you got you got the Giants in your division. And if Zeke, you don't make the playoffs no a Giants jump. team in your division, some something's matter. You gotta have a talk. You gotta talk to the manager, you gotta talk to the coach. Craig, Craig, the players. Let me stop you right you gotta there. See what's Let me going stop on, you right there. Now let me stop you right there. We have a cheetah, okay? Um, I told I told both of y'all. Um, 
soon as um it's a race. Soon as you go upstairs, I say ready, say go. He's already upstairs. We have a cheetah. Okay? Who is that? Hell, that's why you're out of breath. Look, I I think <laughs> Dallas will win. I think Dallas will make the playoffs because they're in the worst division in football. The Giants are the midgets. Um, you know the Eagles. <laughs> the, the Eagles are not good. And of course, um, you have the the Washington team that 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 got issues. So Dallas will make the division yeah. by default. Everybody else stinks, so they'll win the division. But you know they'll they'll be home for the holidays pretty fast after that. Um, as you, <laughs> as your uncle said, Cowboys for life. Okay, yeah, for life. You sit and watch yeah, the play. All right. He has a helmet. All right. That's right. Good, bro. Um, if Michael Tom, he just got hurt and then now he's good. He just got in trouble. Like what? Why would you hit your own teammate? What? Yeah, Craig. Michael Thomas happen. was hurt. No, he hurt his your ankle teammate. and then, yeah, he hurt. He punched his own that teammate. Why would he do that? Look, mistakes happen. Look, mistakes happen. You want to know why? All right. Mistakes. So you look what did back, he do? You got Michael Vick. You got my. Hold on, hold on. Let me talk, Stephen A. Let me talk. Okay, you got you got Michael Vick that started a dog fight on accident. He didn't know he, he probably accident, did know he was okay. in trouble, but he thought he could get away with it. For money, for money. And um, money, you know, Michael money, Thomas. Okay, Kevin, Kevin, let me talk. Let me talk. Hold up, Michael Thomas. All right, an accident, but still, you shouldn't be fighting your own teammate. That's 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 yeah. not good. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, we got All right, so before we go, because I got to get to my next um, guest, uh, who's going to make it to the Super Bowl, honestly? Honestly, and in both sides, Craig, I know you're a uh, uh, New Orleans Saints, I mean, Carolina Panthers, I don't know what you are, but I guess you're a Saints fan right now. <laughs> no, and, no, and, no, no, <laughs> and Kevin, no. And you, no, Kevin, you, no. you're on Kansas City's uh, bandwagon right now, so Who's gonna? I already know my Steelers will be in the Super Bowl, so I ain't worried about that. But who's who's right, gonna be in the Steelers. Super Bowl? The Philadelphia who's gonna make it? Right, whatever. Go ahead, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, all right. So if it's not my Saints that are making it to the Super Bowl for NFC, it's obviously going to be Seattle or Packers. Uh, it'll probably be Seattle because you know they got DK Metcalf. You see how big that dude is? Like, he yeah. Talk. And then they got Tyreek, not Tyreek, uh, Tyler Lockett. Um, then they got Carlson. You know, they got they got the showman. <laughs> they literally have the quarterback, Russell Wilson. You know, you you can get to a whole Super Bowl with Russell Wilson. Just give him a play, and he gonna run you it. You see Aaron Rodgers? He threw it. To no. the oh field my field. goodness! Hey, listen, I, I gotta tell you, um, uh, one of your teachers, uh, 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 Kevin. You know who she is. Uh, is a Chiefs fan, and she says she she down with you. She agree with you, and, and but she also said Wait, that it's gonna one? be the Chiefs. Uh, you know who your Chiefs uh, Chiefs fan? Shout out to Miss Bowie, right? But um, hey. she also. But listen, Craig, she agrees. She said it's gonna be the, it, it'll probably be the Seahawks uh, and the NFC. And they all, I'm not oh, doing AFC. AFC. AFC is probably going to be between the Chiefs. Um, or hmm, let me see. Probably Chiefs or uh, Steelers, you know. Steelers can make it to the Super Bowl this year. 
you know, listen, it, it could be all, a, I, um, that's right. This is the Steelers radio network. So I just want you to know. So <laughs> everything is black and gold all day here. So I don't know what y'all are talking about. Black and yellow. What are you talking about? You got Batman now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, seriously, though, my predictions for Super Bowl, Steelers, Seahawks. I'm done. There you go. Mic mic drop right there. Mic drop. That's a mic drop moment right there. Steelers Seahawks. What was that? What was that? (laughs) They're gonna rush they gonna run Pat Mahomes all night long. That's right. Are you preaching? Like where are where are we? (laughs) All right, Stephen A. All right, Stephen A. Stephen A. Who's Stephen A? Before you guys go, give, give some shout outs before we go. Uh, so I can uh, go on. You know. Some shout outs. Go right. ahead. Shout out to Dallas Uncle Junior. Um, <laughs> shout out to Aunt Frenchie, Aunt Barbara, Miss Bowie, everybody watching. Listening. Listening. <laughs> whatever. Um, whatever. Shout out to the teachers. You know what I mean? Um, shout out to the fam. Y'all know who y'all are. Uncle Junior, <laughs> and shout out to my dad keeping the radio. I like it. Well, listen, that's right. Like and and shout out to the black and gold. Oh, I got cut. It came out black and gold. Oh my goodness! Wow. No, no. What is this? No, no, take that back, man. No, which is my team. Team time. Y'all black and yellow. Red and white. Red and white. No, red and white. Red and white. You guys are black yellow. And daddy's black and yellow. We gotta go, uh, Bachelor Boy. Love you. Talk to you soon. All right. Boy, those Bachelor Boys. Take a break. Come back. It is the Bachelor News Radio Show on the Bachelor News Radio Network, WCOM in Carborough, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Welcome back to the Bachelor News Radio Show, the Bachelor News Radio Network, WCOM, in uh, Carborough, North Carolina. Thanks to the Bachelor Boys joining us, saying, got to give them some time, uh, and you're welcome. Um, always got to give them a little air time, keep, keep it real with them, and they, they, they love their football and, and their sports and definitely know it. Um Want to go to my guest? Of course, always good to have him on. He is a HBCU uh, historian and author, best-selling author, and 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 want to get him uh, on this evening to talk about some of the unfortunate uh, passings of some of the greats that uh, uh, we have come to to love, uh, black legends in sports and beyond. And to talk about that is Fred Witted. And Fred, I hope all swell with you and your family in this COVID-19 time. And thanks for coming on, sir, and your patience. 
Well, thank you for having me on. Everything seems to be going well. I, I spent six hours plus a few minutes today with the opening of the polls, and it's going to be interesting in the political world. Uh, when I when I when I arrived at our polling site this morning at well before seven o'clock, uh, I was fascinated to see that the line was wrapped about halfway around the building, and it, they were not totally, you know, social distancing, but there was some of that, which, you know, made it as long as it was. But by the time we were ready to open, the line basically cir- circled the, uh, the uh, recreation center with the exception of one spot where they couldn't get any further around because it's a swimming pool plus a fence. But, you know, everything, you know, we I think we had done probably, in the, we were doing about 100 plus people per hour um and hmm. when i left the total was approaching 600 so i mean and, and there were several other places around i'm, I'm in fieldville so there were several other places around cumberland county because i saw channel um was it uh channel five's uh helicopter show cliffdale which friend one of my fellow church members lives in that district and she was showing some ground video but then channel five showed that um there was a lot of people there and even with social distancing you could still you know they were wrapped around the building and down the street so you know it's kind of lively yeah and he uh, was saying uh to to your point that um a lot of um us have been um, there, I, th- I think, 600 times more um, than 2016. So we are definitely out, um, and, and we need to exercise. Uh, you would hope, Fred, I don't want to go too political, but you would hope that people would see through the guy occupying the White House. But the overall picture is please do vote because we had, you know, our folks had uh, dogs, put on us hoses we were hung we were killed just so we could vote so don't let their 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 lives and their deaths go in vain um so get out and vote vote uh, um make your 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 voice heard as Brad, i'm sure you agree with that yeah and, and what i what i will tell anybody you know i understand all the all the other stuff that's going on to including the to include the pandemic you know for the first time I've worked, I've worked the polls since the eighties. And for the first mm. time I had to wear gloves. Uh, I have to wear a mask. Uh, they, well, they, they, well, I would start out with a mask, but then they, they issued us our shields and stuff, which I'm still trying to get used to because I'm claustrophobic to begin with. And then I'm having to walk around with this thing across my face. But, you know, what I tell people is this, with, in, in spite of all the obstacles that may or may not be out there, in today's environment, if you don't vote, it's your fault. I mean, you got, you know, starting with today, you had 17 days um, to um, go and early vote. Plus, you got, if, if you are registered, you can still vote on election day. But, you know, it's it's kind of a damn the torpedoes full speed ahead. You got to have that kind of mentality about voting. You got to be serious about it. And I just leave it at that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you know, if you don't want to get out, you know, do your 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 ballots uh, by mail, but get get it out because 
you know, some people are very afraid, you know, with COVID and, you know, I got family members that won't do any of that, but they still vote. Um, make it happen. That's, that's, I think that's the most important thing. Um, and yeah, I, I, applaud, I, I applaud people like you too, Fred, that, that work the polls and really, you're really engaged in it. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, and that's a good segue into, you know, one of our losses. Well, actually, two of our losses, you know, in recent months, uh, John Lewis and uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Vivian. These, right. these are two people who, or well, one was beat, got a beat down at the polls because the police officer said, the, the local police chief said, you know, we're not going to allow you to vote. Now go home. And with no, with, with, with no, you know, with no, um, nothing on, on his part other than showing up, you know, he gets knocked down with a billy club. Same with John, you know, and, and, you know, we we are what two weeks removed from John's uh, John Lewis's funeral uh, and his, you know, all the stuff that went on with that, and here we are in a position to either go vote and to honor his legacy, or stay home and disrespect him and all those others who paid the the, the high price because you know I'm old enough to remember. Um, seeing um, the, the, the the Pettis Bridge situation on television, right. I'm yeah. old enough to remember people people sitting around the uh, polls telling you, you know, you niggas don't go vote, or else, you know. Unfortunately, my father and his brother were a little crazy, so they knew better to bother them. <laughs> but I saw this kind of thing, and and, and you know. You know, realistically, forget all that. Here right. we are. You know, how, how many months removed from uh, uh, Mr. Floyd and the other young young men and ladies who've been shot yeah. by police? And the in the in the up, you know, and one side is actually playing on that, calling it law and order. Well, right. how much law and order is it when the police are the ones that are being? Who are breaking the law and disturbing the order? And breaking necks real, and everything else. Everything else, and I mean, you you, you know, you're gonna shoot somebody in the back and paralyze them because you thought they were going after a knife, but you didn't know about the knife until after you shot them. You know, come on. And then you have the situation in uh, Kentucky where the police was that was charged was charged for something beside the person they killed. Right. And, it's, you know, and, 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 and to that point, and to that point, Fred, just to your point, as we're talking about this, um, you know, you had uh, um, uh, a, a man who uh, killed Trayvon Martin by standing his ground. Then you have a boyfriend of a Breonna Taylor trying to do the same thing, firing a, um, a, a shot gun. just to scare the people. A legal gun, standing his ground, protecting his property and his family, doing what he did, and call nine one one. And they try to charge him. Meanwhile, they put six bullets in her in her bed. She never woke up. And she and and she, and, and she didn't even was not even a factor in the charges. They shot yep. because he quote. Listen to what he what what the police officer charged with. He is charged with recklessly firing into the house, the, the apartment of the white couple 
but the bullets that went into the black couple's house were not part of the charges. Yep. And see, they, they, he it, put it, bullets it, in, in the walls. He put bullets through the walls of two two apartments, other than the one he was, was supposed to be attacking. But then, you know, you go go even deeper in that. The the uh, warrant was for an ex boyfriend who hasn't been, who they had they they had already been arrested. And there was no real, realistically there was no legal ground for the warrant anyway, because he had no associate they had no association between her and him, in, in over a year. So all of these things come into play, and and see this takes us back to this whole election thing. You gotta you gotta look down below the president, and the governor, and to all these smaller corrections, all these people who are lowered on the lower tiers of the ballot. Because one 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 of the ladies that worked with us today, you know, she kept asking, me, "Did you flip it over?" Yeah. And this woman's why why you why we flip it over? You know, you flip it over on our on 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 the ballots in most of the precincts. And see, with early voting, we got 90, almost 90, uh, almost 90 uh, different ballot styles. On several of them, you flip it over, the page, the back page is as full as the front page. So if you skip, remember remember when you could vote, go vote and say, um, uh, do a straight party ticket. The reason, one of the reasons they did away with that was people would go vote a straight party ticket, but then they would look further down. They didn't. They didn't vote for uh, any of the things that was nonpartisan. They didn't vote for any of this stuff. Uh, the, the, the issues in like bonds and all those kind of things. They didn't vote for any of that. And then they said, well, I don't know why it didn't pass. I voted a straight party ticket. It didn't pass because you voted a straight party ticket. And so right. my thing is, people got to quit being lazy when it comes to looking at uh, voting and that kind of stuff. I mean. If you if you if you can take the time to learn how all this stuff on Scandal and all these other crazy shows, that's work, right. Let's go for the real. You know, let's put some time in the real thing. You you can spend less. You can spend less time um, learning the ballot and who and who to and who not to vote for than you would spend on watching an episode of Scandal. And granted, if you learn it once. You remember more of that than you would ever remember, because I mean I've listened to people. I've never watched Scandal personally, but I've listened to people who watch it. And, you know, I said, and you can watch all that and glean all that from one TV show, and then you you don't know how to vote for county commissioner or city council. It's a, it's yeah, an indictment. That's, that's 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 the way it is. That's we we can quote all the rap stuff and do that, and I have nothing against good rap that talks about cultural and social and racial uh things and 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 I have no I also have no problem with people expressing themselves and doing it in a manner that's uh you know uh, uh in a good way uh you know everybody should be able to make um uh make money and and be able to do those things uh Fred but it we get so caught up and this has been something that goes uh down back to the, the the middle passage, man, where we get caught up in the glitter and the, they dangle stuff in front of us, and we and and by the by the way, on the backside, you know, they're doing all these dirty things. And like you said, to your point, you know, 
their, their uh, gentrifications and, and gerrymandering and doing all these different things in our neighborhoods. And then we'll, when it happens and we want to holler and scream and protest, they say, well, we had the meeting. We had a council meeting the other. We had a PTA meeting. We had a school board meeting. You weren't there. Now, to you know, people, it, part of it is too, Fred, that, you know, if you're, you know, you're a single mom or whatever, whatever, and you're working two jobs or whatever the case may be, there, there's some understanding and compassion in that. But at some point, you have to be able to be engaged. You have to be engaged. It's too much at stake. Yeah. I, my, my kids grew up in Lynchburg, Virginia. And I always said this way, I, I love them far well people because they they never held um, for especially for the high school, but uh, when they had uh, school board meetings, they had to have school board meeting at the high school because the school board room where they had at the board of education, they, they I mean they could have a committee meeting that room would pack out. Uh, when they held um, board of education. Uh, for Campbell County, they held them at, at one of the high schools in the auditorium because that's the only place they could hold it. They couldn't. I mean, these people showed up and showed. I mean, they and they have some of the better schools in the state of Virginia because they, you know, and it's, it's not a black white thing because, and I know my kids grew up in, in the, what they call the Jackson Heights area, but you know, it was a place where the people there including a lot of retirees would go to board of education meetings and they would voice their opinions and you didn't and they had they had just about anything you needed for the kids cuz I mean my kids were involved involved in orchestra and band and all that kind of stuff and shoot when they travel they travel right they had they had a band that had like 180 musicians you know, they had the buses. They 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 ate comfortable. They they rode comfortable. They ate well, and the kids performed well, and it all went right. together. And see, when we go back and look at people like uh, John Lewis, that's what that's what he was fighting for, fifty plus years ago, down there on that bridge. As you know, as a college student, you know he didn't he didn't you know it wasn't a matter of him waiting until he got to be a quote grown man he was doing this as a but, college student but, but Fred, let me just uh, interrupt you if i if i will because you're making a great point to what the protests seem like right now so he was a college student with a lot to say and it, you're familiar with it when he with the march on washington there um, they had to have him tone his speech down. He was going to speak. It was going to be a lot more, I hate using the term radical, a lot more progressive, if you will, especially at that time. They told him to kind of tone it down. He toned it down, but he really wanted to say some other things. Now you come to 2020, and these young black folk, they're not having it. You ain't calling me this. You ain't doing it. You're not going to you know, step on. We're not going to take that. And though some of them, some people that were in John Lewis's era at that age, 18, 19, and all that, seem to forget that. We, wanna, we well, want to make the, we wanna make these kids now protest the way we want them to protest. Instead of just letting them pro- – nobody's – the captain, the captain Obvious is not saying, 
you know, burn it down. But that's not them. What they're saying is I have nothing to do with all that stuff that you guys maybe allowed or, you know, maybe it, uh, we have some kind of gap between, you know, our leadership. What we're saying is we're not going to take it, period. And here's what we're going to do. And he had that. Why do we lose our way with that type of method, that, that methodology, that, that understanding with young folks? That's what they do. Well, you, you got to, okay, if you go back and look at how things were done back then, you know, my father's uh, admonition to me leaving the house was usually, boy, don't go down there acting the fool. And among a number of parents, that was what they would say. Because, see, you know, we, 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 it's easy to critique and criticize what parents say, but then parents know that as a young person, you know, your parents, you know, you know your boys better than I do. Right. And you know how to say, okay, Junior, go this far and no further. Now, you know, when you get out, you know, when they get out that door, and go down the street a little bit, they're going to go further than you told them to. Okay. There's a good side to that, and there's a bad side. And see, parents were protecting their kids and themselves because, uh, like, like ninth grade, they took some of our – they started integrating our school, and the teachers they were taking away were the teachers who had their master's degrees um, because they made black teachers back in the day. They had to go to school – it, uh, at least once every three years, I think it was. And mm. what they did in that time was, you know, they they would go and get their master's degrees and whatnot. Uh, and some of, so like some of, some of my teachers had two master's degrees by the time they retired because they went to wow. school every summer, every other summer. Well, they those are the teachers they started taking out. And then they were sending us white teachers who were fresh out of college. Half of them were scared of us. And the other half could have cared less. And we said, no, you know, we got to have our, either get our teachers back or get the better teachers over here. And they said, uh, you know, they basically told us where to go. And so at the end of the day, it was, okay, if we go to certain classes and certain people are there, we leave it. And Mr. Sessions, hmm. bless his heart, was our English teacher. Nice guy, a little wacky, but he was a nice guy. But he, by the time he... He got to us, our class was 20 minutes over or more. And needless to say, uh, he said, I, well, I got to eat lunch. I take half from you and half from them. Well, coming to find out, he was taking half from us, and he stayed with them. He was eating his car and all kind of crazy stuff. But at the end of the day, we put a stop to that. And how do we do it? When he showed up and the other teachers that showed up, at one or t- at twelve thirty or one o'clock uh, from the white school to to give us the, you know to to split their day, we got up and walked out of class. Mm. And the sheriff and the police at that time, the sheriff had one black officer, Mr. Martin. Mr. Martin looked like let's see, Mr. Martin looked like uh, I'll say Michael Strahan. No. He'd been a he was a, he was a, he was a World War II veteran. He was one of the two black people in Bladen County that wore uniform. The other one worked for the uh, state uh, at the state park. And Mister uh, Martin came out and he said, uh, "What you, you know? What's what's going on here?" And 
they let him do the talking to us, but then they say, well, we're going to arrest all y'all. So, he, you know, and, and, and we could hear, because the jail was so big, uh, we could hear them calling the parents who had phones, you know, like, uh, Mr. Bachelor, your boy not here acting a fool. Well, that was speech that would, quote-unquote, incite the parents to come down and kick you behind. You know, just turn them over to me, I'll take care of them. And, but that was also, so, I mean, that's what you, you know, back then, you didn't go to school and act a fool, not, not in black households. And right. so, but parents understood, and they would go put, they would just do this little charade thing, because my father did it. And he says, boy, what you doing out here? Now, you know, and I told you, when we left, you know, he didn't laugh, but he didn't do nothing else, but that was the end of it. He said, uh, you ain't, met, you, you ain't making no mess, did you? I said, no. No, sir, I did not. Okay. He he didn't have nothing else to say. My uncle didn't have nothing to say. My cousin knew they were safe. But that was, you know, they had to put on this, I'll call it, show for the white folk. But they but then they still, you know, when they sent those kids down in Montgomery and Birmingham, places like that, when those kids went out, they were instructed, don't go down there act the fool, but... You know, this. You know, be careful. And you know, we they that allowed people in my age group and older to do what was necessary, up to and including facing them dogs, facing them fire hoses, and all that other stuff that we did. And because of that, uh, you had people. You know, John Lewis was one of the older ones at the time because he was actually in college. But this was 1960, 60, between 60 and 65. You know, for me, that was between, let's see, that was between like third and sixth grade. Right. And by sixth, you know, by sixth grade, you, I mean, you, you, you were basically street ready. And but you know, let me as, let as, me ask you this though, Fred, because uh, I I hear you. There's for me. There's the parent side because your your parents would be like you know okay, the street lights come on you better be up in the in the crib you better not I I don't need to be calling you you better be in the house I know in my house we shoot well, I couldn't even as soon as it, before it got dark my mother was calling me to get my behind in the house so I I get that but what I'm saying is that you have some people who've been in the trenches that are even older than us, right? It, um, or, you know, relative to, to the, those age groups who are trying to structure these kids to do it their way. And just like, as you know, as you know, covering basketball and football, NBA, NFL, HBCUs, whatever, the game always evolves. So, the the protest will evolve because times will change. It'll be the same Klansmen. It'll be the same lack of justice. It'll be the same killings. But the process and and the way it looks is going to be different. And these kids are different, right? And so yeah. it, 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 it it just allow them to do it because their intentions are right. They may not get it right, but their intentions are right. Just like the Black Lives Matter people like it, don't like it. But it the ultimate goal is to help people that look like us, 
I mean, I like the method, but that's what it is. So let them do it. it, it and, and, and Jesse Jackson and Al and some of these people need to stand down a little bit is my point. Well, that's true. But, you know, uh, there again, look at, look at who you're talking about and look at where they were. Now, when uh, I talked to uh, Colonel McNeil some years ago about he, he lived here in Fifth Fourth time after he retired from the Air Force, and I also just talked to uh, Mr. McCain. And, you know, both of them talk about, you know, they, I mean, there was no, I mean, there was, there was a, a goal, but not necessarily a plan for things to do, to go the way they did. They just knew that they wanted to do something. And as things, as it grew, it just continued to grow and grow and grow. And, their parents probably gave them the talk like your parents would give you and my parents would give me. But they understood, there was also the understanding, okay, if it goes further, we may say this, but this is not necessarily what we mean. And then among ourselves, you know, so, man, I, I have a son who is what, 37 now, and he has a, he has a, a real nice, he's a real nice young man, don't get me wrong. But there's a side of him that will be out there and see what they're trying to do, what most parents are trying to do, and what I would try, what I would try to tell him. Uh, okay, don't be one of the people out there throwing stuff. Don't be one of the people out right. there burning stuff. But that's, that but that's stuff. home training. It, 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 that's home training. It, 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 training. Your, your son probably ain't going to do it because you only gave him some home training. That might be different, though. He ain't going to be out there but, throwing but, nothing. You know what I mean? But, but see, but, but see, the the other thing is is my my my, my father one one of the worst one of my worst beating I ever got had to do was about separation. I had some cousins who were always into stuff, and most of the time it, it was not good. And the reason I was punished had only a little bit to do with what I did. It was you should have separated yourself from them. And see, and this this is what I think most parents or adults are trying to do now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I tell people if I was going to go out and protest, I'd be there the first two hours. After two hours, I'm gone. And you know, we had a situation here where uh, they tried to burn down the market house. Well, and, and you know, the people who did it not only torched the market house. They, and, and, and matter of fact, the one guy almost got almost set himself on fire doing mm-hmm. something. What he did and the way he did it was both stupid. But then they also set some businesses and buildings of fire around the market house. And interestingly enough, they set several of them that they taught, they, they set, they lighted up, were owned by black, uh, by black uh, entrepreneurs. The our former mayor lives down the end of the street. Think that, you know they didn't get they didn't get close to his his his, his building, and it was, it, was, it was and you could tell it was strategic. If you knew if you knew the street, you could tell this was strategically done. They hit here, hit there, hit there, bang, nothing else. Right. On the other sides, they let everything be in touch, nothing. And you yeah. know, but yeah, but see, but you know, when you, when you look when you go back and look at some of these things, uh, it's the it's the same, you know. And parents are reminding you to be cautious versus because you because you, you 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 can imagine what your what your kids would do if you say, okay, just go ahead and go butt wild. 
Whatever you tell them, they're going to go. <laughs> hey, hey, how you tell them, they're going to go beyond what you tell them. You know, and then and then and then you know then that I give uh, and then I have to be like my mother, like I snatch you out of uh, last week and uh, slap the taste out of your mouth. All that stuff coming out. All, all, all those, all, all those. Hey, you, you, and see, you now as a parent get to use all those educational tools that your mom and dad use on you, because you know, in your own way, if they say, you know, you know how they say in church. You, you you take one step and he'll step he'll take two. You give mm. him one step, they're gonna they're gonna take two because they're gonna take one with each foot at least. But I guess too. But you know when you're talking about millennials and so forth, you know, uh, like my, my, so my son uh, would preach. Let me get Tony. Let me get Tony back in here in a minute. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, uh, he has he has a he has a, a paralyzed arm that and mm. see. The kind of stuff he has had to deal with that I, you know, I never imagined personally anyway anything like this. But you know, I was telling this, 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 these white guys, and they were talking about, you know, this whole thing with the police. Okay, my son's right arm is paralyzed. He he had like he has like five seven percent use of it, mostly his hand. Now he can he can hold anything he wants with his with his fingers. He just can't move his arm. Well, right. if the police accost him and say, okay, put your hands up, okay, he's already had this happen at least twice. He, he says, I can't, my, my right arm is paralyzed. I can't move was what he was going to say. When he says my right arm, the guy tells him to shut up and expletives deleted. And so he has a situation, and, and, and like one of the officers standing there looking at him, and see he can't move his arm. You know, and you can when you look at it, you can tell. But see, when we talk about giving the talk, there's certain aspects of that we cannot adjust for because we don't know which nut these nuts are going to crack when it comes to the police. Because look at all the things that you know. So if he had done this, if he had done that, okay, which one of the if he had done are you um, you know do you adjust for for this officer? And I go back to my, my, my favorite example. Remember in, down in Louisiana where the two big fat cops were on top of this guy, and one of them says, if you move your arm, I'm going to shoot you. Mm. The other guy grabs his arms and yanks his arm, and the guy shoots him. Wow. Now, which, you know, which one of these nutcases, you, you know, which, which one of these nutcases are you going to adjust your child, you know? And, and this is where I... You have to let the young people do what they do because he, so much of that is directed at them. Right. You know. And 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 like I said, they you know they're young, so you want them to be structured to make sure they don't. They want to. At the end of the day, you want them to come home to you, right? You want them to live. Um, yeah. But it's it, you know, but it, you know, I grew up in the the time when they, we had the big belt buckles with our names on it, and you know stuff like that, and and we get upset. With 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 kids with certain fads, but it's just the, again I, I I use it as a sports microcosm. The it stuff evolves, and we just need to allow people to be who they are, um, with the guidance on the backside. Like as big parents, right? I love you, and hey, you need my advice, you need my help. I'm here, but allow them to 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 grow. 
Uh, and I, I, I guess for me, it, it's more specific to um, social political leadership as opposed to personal family leadership, if that makes any sense. Let me let me quickly bring Tony T. Mac McLean in. I'll talk with Fred Witt, of course, T., our, our, our friend. Um, wanted him to come on. We've been talking really about uh, we haven't even gotten to the Bob Gibsons and the Gail Sears and the Lou Brocks of the world. Just sobering, T. We talked about this on and off the on and off the air. Sobering of 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 people of color who have died. Like it's just it's it, you know death is inevitable. Johnny Nash just died. I mean. For, I mean, just uh, Jeanette Dubois from Good Times. I mean, everybody. Like, it just seems uh, – Colby. We hadn't even mentioned Colby. I mean, it's to, just been sobering. Not to add to this, but um, the former uh, 49er and Charger, Fred Dean, yes. passed away. Fred uh, Dean, yes. Big hands, Fred. Yeah. Go ahead, T. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, but you know, you you go you go back and you look at, you you look at these different uh, stars that we were we were talking about. You know, like, like we we've already mentioned John Lewis and uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Vi- uh, Doctor Vivian, but you know, because and see, you know, my most of my focus is on HBCU, but along that right. same line, you had uh, you had uh, uh, Charles Evers passed away recently too. Right, brother of Mega Evers, and you know, and most people don't realize the sports side of this. But Mega Evers was was a star running back Alcorn, before he became Alcorn. a civil rights leader. Yeah, Alcorn State. At Alcorn yeah. State, both, yeah, both, both he and his brothers, and and they were very they were very good high school ball players and got in the, you know got caught up in the Korean War and stuff and ended up going to the military. But yeah, and, and see, on a on a quote unquote lighter note, we also lost Mr. Chet, Mr. Bowman, who yep. from Black Panther. You know, that's right. See, that's not a lighter note are, either. That's not a light yeah, note at see, all. And here, and here you are talking about a young man that everybody talks about. You know what a great performance he did, and all this kind of stuff. And now you you discover that hey, during this he did all of this while he was doing chemo and all this other thing, right there to show how tough you can be, whether you're an athlete or not. And then you know, uh, on a really lighter note, uh, in the entertainment business, we lost uh, Little Richard. No oh, man. Yep. If you you know if if, if you, how, how how many people do you do we know who tried to try to I'll just say imitate him on the piano. You know, oh, not, God. not going, Pat, you know, not Pat, let's start with not, Pat not, Boone. Let's start with Pat Boone. Oh, <laughs> Tootie Fruity. But but you but you know <laughs> but you but if you've ever watched uh uh Mickey Gilly and what's his cousin uh and his cousins uh they play the same way he does. Jerry Lee Lewis. And Jerry, Jerry Lee Lewis and Mickey Gilly grew up playing together, and I've seen them play together. But the same stuff, you know, you know, I'm sitting there watching. Where have I seen this before? Okay, you know, not just your cousin who's a, who's a televangelist, but go back and look at how they play, and look at how Little Richard plays. And it's it's that same slap kind of technique, but see. These are, you know, these are just a few of the, of the you know, the non-sports folks. But, you know, when we when we get into the sports, I mean, Charlie Neal, 
you know. I'm, I'm sure during your time, um, T-Mac, when you were in North Carolina, you probably ran into him at the CIWS and places like that. We have him on all the time, Charlie Neal, um, at, uh, uh, quite a bit. A fascinating, you know, fascinating guy from right there in Greensboro. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, but Willie Davis, you know, we yeah. talk about how we talk about how people like LeBron and these other guys, athletes, went into business. But Willie Davis, on his best year, only made ninety three thousand dollars. Mm. Plus his plus, I think plus, I think he said it was ninety three thousand plus his payoff checks, playoff checks, which I think added up to like fifteen thousand back then. Because you know, going to the Super Bowl, when you know, the Super Bowl, when he played in it those first two years. Wasn't all that super. It was just a championship game. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, the, and, the, you know, the loser, the loser of the loser, the loser of the Super Bowl probably makes three, four times as much, maybe even five, six times as much as the team who won the Super Bowl won the probably the first two Super Bowls. Right. And, Matt, Matt. and you know, you know what? As you you mentioned uh, that, I'm gonna, gonna go to 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 T on this. Because, you know, the other day we didn't really get a chance to go into Bob Gibson. And the fact is that arguably, I mean, just I, I if I don't know the player or saw the player in terms of that's probably a better way to say it, I want to know who he is. I looked at the videos. And my kids, I always have them look and see who players were. Bob Gibson to me is, you know, the top three um pitchers of all time, but you think from where the Negro Leagues came to where he played, played all those years uh, uh, with the Cardinals, put the Cardinals on the map, for real. Um, you know, and and you, you get the sense that people don't understand not so much T and then Fred how great Bob Gibson was, because obviously he was, but they don't get how great the Negro talent was to get Bob Gibson to the league. You know what I'm what saying? Is, how many Bob that? Gibsons were in the league, in, in the Negro leagues, before they got to the, the majors? Well, it's like that with, it, with, with, all, with all sports. You know, you know the, the, uh, the great black fives that led the way for the you know that they basically led the way for the NBA and and you know we haven't even touched on like say like the the, the Globetrotters who are probably the most underrated franchise in all of professional sports because of right. their innovation and because you know and and because of their their impact especially you know HBCU wise but it's any sport you look you look at look at you look at football you know Chris Pollard. Uh, you know, uh, understandably, but see, think of all the, you know, think of all the great, you know, HBCU players and not and and non HBCU players that 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 paved the way for for the guys. Now it's it's like that with every sport. We probably and the sad thing is it takes these guys and girls passing away before people will actually give them, you know, you know, give them their due. And and the, the thing about it is I think we need to appreciate uh what 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 we have now. I mean, yes, it's it, there is it is a bigger it, there is a drop off from when we were growing up as opposed to now. But there are still 
great, great, you know, there are still great players. It's just that it's, it's, it's like a life thing, you know, you know, don't, don't wait till I die to give me my due or give me my road. You know, let me, let me smell the roses while we're here. And, and, and luckily between the three of us, we've all, you know, we've seen and been able to share a lot of, uh, of what these folks work, what their contributions are. And my thing is always, I always like to use the players from back in the day as a gauge to look into now because there's not, you know, fundamentally there's not much differences. It's just packaged differently. It's just mentioned differently. You know, I, 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 I use baseball as an example. You know, a lot of, a lot has been made of how the um, Rays are doing their pitching staff or whatever. I mean, basically it's, it's Sparky Anderson on steroids. You know, he was, he was known right. as captain back in the day, but they, but you know, but now, between analytics and, and, and all this other stuff, it, 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 it goes a different way. And, and even with football, and I see sadly with the football, to me, it's, it's, it's a bit of a drop because the NFL basically uh, is trying to de-emphasize the running back, which to me is, 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 is silly, especially if you're a cold-weather team. You still have to run the ball. Um, I, it was interesting – I don't know if you guys heard, uh, Le'Veon Bell. Um, yeah, got released. But he just and he, and, he, and just an hour ago, he just got signed by the Kansas City Chiefs. So it just you know. <laughs> now, and you know to to I, and, to, and, and to Tony. Is, I don't think I don't think he's gonna go have a. I don't think he's gonna go have this numbers like he had when he was with Pittsburgh. But he's gonna make a hell of a uh, better uh, a contribution. One because he's going to a team that actually Rick that knows how to play football. Number one, and it's 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 it, it, he'll he'll make a contribution for them. He'll he'll make a huge yeah. contribution for them. And it, you know um, you know one of the things that you see say Fred and and T says is that we have to tell our story. You got the Kansas City Comet who died and Gail Sears and of course Wilt is still same same college, you know. Um but to Tony's point, with the NFL, to me, in my opinion, the NFL owes super uh a debt to the HBCUs. Because those those guys that that came in and 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 led the way to where everybody is making money and the and and the owners are printing money. Um, it, it it's 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 remarkable that they don't get the credit, but it also goes back to what T said. So, it, if if nothing else, in in the deaths of of some, you mentioned Fred Dean. You know him with the Forty Nineers, great, great defensive player, and and Gail Sears, of course, a, a short uh, career, but I I equate him to a Robert Smith or someone that played short time, a uh, 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 big fella that played with Denver that that, that only played six seven years there. Um, that if they haven't done that, at least this is a teachable moment for those HBCUs players that are on the decline, I mean, quite honestly, in terms of getting drafted into the NFL? Well, something something that we all overlook when it comes to HBCUs, uh, when you go back and look, 
football and basketball. You know, schools up north were not ne- were not necessarily all that great for black players. They had quotas. You can only put three on the floor at one time and all that other nonsense. Mm-hmm. You, you you can only have, in most cases, you only had you really had five or more players, and you could never put uh, five or more black players. You could never put more than five on three on the floor at one time. If you get behind, maybe you put a, a fourth one out there. So a lot of guys that were star players, and you can just go down the list, Cleo Hill, um, Earl Monroe, hmm. Al Adels, all these guys. Remember, all these guys are from up north, and the schools up north did not want them. Mm-hmm. So Say that HBCU, again. The schools up north, people, schools people up north that's did, a misconception. The, that's the, right. The, the people up north didn't want them because between – Around mid fifties to mid sixties, there was always this thing about the, this whole thing about uh, gambling and cheating and all this kind of stuff. They catch one black guy involved in it, and they say all of them, so they do away with him. But come to find out, go back and investigate and look at all the, the, the cheating scandals. Mostly involve not only white guys, but white guys at white schools, and some of them had teams that didn't have no blacks. So who was doing the point shaving? You know who's 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 working with the gamblers and those kinds of Paul things. Paul Horning and <laughs> Paul Horning. You know, I mean, okay, look look at Paul Horning and and a couple of you know, or Pete Rose. Pete, Pete Rose was not. Uh, I don't think Pete Rose ever went to college, but you know, but you have those those situations out like like you know, it, it, it's almost like in North in North Carolina. This whole well, you have the the, uh, the president talking about cheating at the polls. But the, the people who got and you knew from North Carolina, uh, LA, so you know what I'm talking about. The people who got caught and prosecuted and put in jail for cheating were Republicans. I mean, they had to redo a whole uh, a whole congressional district here in the last two years because of cheating. But the ones who did the cheating were the Republicans. But see, looking at this from a total sports uh, perspective. Black college, you know, you go you go down the list of a lot of black. You find a lot of black colleges, and especially the ones, uh, say Howard, uh, down to North Carolina, Howard and the, the Maryland schools on down to North Carolina. These guys were. I mean, that was the pipeline into um, for, for guys who went to um, high school up north and then had to come south to play play football or basketball. You go out in the Midwest. You had guys from Chicago. They they never they, I call it they they navigated the um, Mississippi River just like you know the, the Great Migration. They went up north, grew up, learned the game, and came back. Because you go back and you check rosters, a lot of schools in Mississippi and Alabama, even down to Louisiana and Texas, had guys from up north and north yeah. up north to them. Fred, was um, was un, into into the uh, into the like Chicago and Milwaukee and places like that. The, the perfect perfect example, the Texas the, the Texas Western team quarter uh, that that beat Kentucky. None of those guys were from Texas. I think maybe may have been one from the starting five that was from Texas. And the you know the ultimate to me one of the ultimates. I mean there's there's, there's more of course. But one of the ultimates is, is that uh, that skinny kid from Philly 
that wound up going to Winston Salem State. I, I uh, was it Monroe? I think I think his name was. Earl Monroe was the one with the bad knees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, nobody in the East. No, no, no. Temple didn't want him. Um, Villanova didn't want him. Um, but 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 sure fit nicely with well, uh, Winston Salem State though, didn't he? Well, uh, John John Cheney. Do you do you realize John Cheney was one of the best? Was was noted as the best player in his class, and I forget this white guy whose whose name uh, is really not that. Well, it may be not worth remembering, but he got a scholarship to one of the big schools right there, the big five schools there in Philly, and they never made they, they never as they say they never even gave John Cheney a tryout. And I see, say, I want to say Tom Gola, I want to say Tom Gola, but that might be yeah, you know, but, that might be a different era. Mm-hmm. But but you know this was this was in the this was in the mid fifties, yeah, uh, like you know, because because yeah. mm-hmm. uh, he because he, he uh, Cheney was a couple of years ahead of Cleo Hill, okay. and there again, Cleo they they really didn't want I mean they didn't want Cleo either. They tried to say he couldn't read, but then he took remedial English as a as a first semester sophomore, his first semester freshman, and by his sophomore year, he was an English tutor. So I mean, it may or may not mean anything. But you know, you got you got all these kind of things out there floating around, and everybody want to look as this great panacea for black folks because they were up north. Not not so. You had a, I mean, the northern schools had probably as many, if not more, prejudices, and then the you know southern school it was against the law. Mm-hmm. So. That that kind of helped there, but up north where you expected better, they had these quote un, un, unwritten rules, gentlemen's agreements, and all mm-hmm. those kind of things that we oh. had to overcome. And as they say, you you, you find out that gentlemen aren't gentlemen, and you just like some ladies aren't ladies. Mm-hmm. Hey, the only mm-hmm. difference the only difference between Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Philadelphia and uh, Mississippi is about eight, about seven, eight hundred miles. That's about it. Yep, and, and and that's how it and that's how it went. You know, because I know during the during the era when uh, when uh, Cleo was at Winston, you know, he had a, he had an incident where some of the guys were downtown, and the guy came around and says, uh, you know, we don't allow niggas to, ride, to walk on the sidewalk up here. So get off. So they get off. But then, you know, he he disappears and they walk wherever they were walking. And then we're further down the street and they get, you know, cars coming along. So they get off the, off the street and get back on the sidewalk. Oh. And this cop shows up again. And I thought I told you all to get off the street. Well, you know, it, it didn't it, it didn't get into what it could have gotten into in today's situations. But it came but it came close. Can you guys talk about the talk with uh, Fred Wooded of the um, HBCU, uh, HBCU historian author, uh, and of course Tony T. Mac McLean, the editor in chief of BASN Newsroom? Can you guys talk about geographics as um, um, versus the um, politics? Because a lot of people made a big deal out of it. You and I talked about Jackie Robinson being Republican, boom, 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 going up to, you know, Jim Brown and telling them to stand down, this and that, that kind of thing. Um, so talk about that, because I think that's really important uh, with our black athletes, especially the, the, as we see so many 
people. Some, some, so many of ours have passed on. You know, geographics in terms of change, as it or as a or versus, you know, um, political affiliation. Well, you know, it goes back. You know, it's no oh, good. See, go ahead. You know, it goes back to something you mentioned before, uh, evolving. Because, um, see, my thing has always been certain guys, and, and, and again, we're just talking athletically, but it's still, it's still, there still is a political bend to it. You know, Joe Lewis was perfect for his era. Uh, Jackie Robinson was perfect for his era. Jim Brown was perfect for his era. You know, Ali was perfect for his era, and so on and so on and so on. Now, the one constant in all of this has always been the pitting of us versus us. you got to remember, um, you know, they used Jackie Robinson to go after Paul Robeson. And then in turn, they used Jackie Robinson and um, Jesse Owens to go after the uh, uh, John Carlos and Tommy Smith in the um, in the Olympics. And plus, in turn, they you know they tried to pit Joe Lewis against uh, Ali in a lot of instances. And and unfortunately, that hasn't changed. You know, the people who are the people who are uh, upset with ice with our ice cube and his meeting with the president that, you know, that's, that's a sadly, that's, that's a, that's something that's been going on for years. And some of it um, involves athletics and, and other athletes, but a, a lot of it is just other white folks basically trying to stir up the pot between quote unquote, you know, prominent uh, black, black folks. I mean, I always. But what if they I are stirring it up? But but what if that's an issue, though, T? If if this the, if the pot needs to the pot shouldn't be stirred or should be stirred or shouldn't be stirred. Well, it's, well see, but see, 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 here's the thing. I, and my my answer to that has always been the the most you know the ultimate one that we always seem to talk about is Dr. King and Malcolm, and even and you can even go back farther with uh, W.B. Du Bois and, and um, Booker T. Washington. Booker T. Washington. Up, but, but I'll bring up Dr. King and Malcolm only to say, one, you know, they, you, you know the story. They had one. One was the dreamer. One was the radical. But, see, my thing has always been they were both killed by the same folks, whether you, you know, you know and, and again, again. Anybody that wants to, you know, challenge me on that, I, 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 will, I will take them all. I would, you know, I will take them on, um, without, you know, without any hesitation. But that's been the thing, unfortunately, and at times, whether it's through athletics or politics or or entertainment, we've always allowed ourselves to be manipulated. That's why it goes back to the whole thing about we have to tell our own stories because see, let's let's. Because let's because let's face it, white folks don't get along with each other either. But 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 that doesn't you know that doesn't um, sell newspapers or whatever. They will you know they will fan the flames of two black men or two black women going at each other. But two white men or two white women going after each other, they try you know it's 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 almost it, it's almost frowned upon in a sense because not now. There's also the element of, with us as black folks, 
we don't tend to keep things in house. Instead of we we like to air our differences uh, out in, in in the public for 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 better. Charles, Charles Barkley, uh, uh, Shaq, Charles Barkley and Shaq. Yep, well, absolutely. And see, and see, a lot of it is because of the forum that they have. And see, the sad thing is. They they they're part of pushing that continue that of that continuum of black versus black because they have no problem going after other uh, black folks. You know, Charles Barkley is basically, you know, Charles Barkley is basically uh, a, a a less than fatter version of of uh, Jason Whitlock for for all for all intents purposes. You know, I, I he's, don't, Jason, I don't, he's he's Jason he's Jason Whitlock with with an, with with a with a decent athletic history. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And but but the the agenda is always the same. And that's and see that's there therein therein lies a lot of the problem. It's it's the agenda that has you know, we're still talking about fundamental stuff of us versus us because and and I and I try not to get too political but, but it's you know, I guess it's almost no way around it. You look at the polarizing that's going on in 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 this election. You know, look, we all clearly know what kind of, you know what kind of an ass wipe that you have that sits at sixteen hundred. But you have, but to be fair, Joe Biden and Miss Harris also have a history of going after us as well. So it 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 makes it tough. To, I, I'll just come out. It makes it tough. To try to quote unquote pick a side. I mean, if you put a gun to my head, I probably will. You probably would lean more toward, um, you know, Harris and um, Biden. You know, the whole the quote unquote lesser two evils, but it's still evil. That's 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 my thing. I I just I just don't want to focus. And, 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 and it's and it's not just still evil. You know, the the, the upside to it is this: once it should should. Should Biden win? Uh, personally, I don't think he's going to last four years anyway. But yeah. maybe he will. <laughs> I mean, I mean, watch, watch, you know, I watch all aspects of him, and not just the ones that they show in uh, in the various. Uh, yeah, and Fred, Fred, uh, he, Fred, he looks old. He looks old, man. He, he looks, looks old. He looks and he he <laughs> looks and acts real old. And. But you know, I, I, you know, my my, my I have an 88 year old sister right now, and so I know what old is like. And there are times I'll be wondering, okay, is he gonna make it up them steps? Just you know, just like it was when uh, when the president started up the steps to the White House uh, a few weeks ago when he was on his way back from the uh, from the hospital. He put on a, a nice show. But you know, but looking looking at what we we're dealing with, at least in this case. We, we we have the, the the black community will have the Democrat Party by its cojones. The thing you can't do, and we were talking about this earlier, in LA, is we can't we got we got to go back to the young people and let the young people's method instead of what the older people you know go along to get along. No, screw that. Mm-hmm. We helped you get you you are who and where you are now because of us. Because if you go back and count. White folks went 50-50. White folks went 50% for uh, Biden. White folks went 50% uh, for uh, the for the president. Well, wh- what was the deciding factor? The black vote. 
So, you okay, we got you in. Now, here are, you know, and here are issues. I mean, this should have been done beforehand, but I know the, the, the I know the problem even that even with dealing with that because even because even, see, our biggest problem is we can't always count on the so-called good white folk. They are they have been one of our biggest nemesis ever, mm-hmm. because they will hang us out to dry at a moment's notice. Like I've always told people about, well, you know, when uh, uh, First Lady Hillary did not win. So what? Hillary already got her ticket to the her key at the uh, at, at the at the country club. She's ex She's rich. She's ex president's wife. Uh, you name it. She already got all. I mean, she she's in the country club. She don't. She didn't need to be president. It was us who needed to be president. It was our you know our side who needed to win. And when they didn't, we screwed. They she's she's in. She's still she's still an old white lady. Just like I said about the, the president or Biden. No matter who wins, we got we still stuck with an old white man born during or before World War Two. How much and, and, around and the table? It, and that's it. And that's the point too. Uh, the, to to your point, um, Fred. At the end of the day, they will fall on their whiteness. I would no disrespect. They they will fall on their whiteness. So she didn't have to win. And by the way. If you listen to some Democratic posters that say that it was a black vote that killed her, no. First of all, she didn't go and and campaign right. Number one, she, and number she and number not, two, and then Fred, number two to both of you, and, and number two, sixty-three percent of her offenders didn't even vote for her. And exactly, and the, the second part to, to well, Tony's well, point, well, well, half of the see, country, Fred, 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 half the country didn't like her. Why would the Dems put a half the country don't like you candidate up there, and you gonna put it on black people? Come on, well, don't leave black the black people, whatever. Okay, look at it. Look at it from another perspective. Okay, look who came out of the woodwork. Behind her, her running in the way the president is now, the crazy. You know, can 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 you imagine what was being said across dinner tables across world at McDonald's and wherever they were eating? We don't have a Negro in the White House. We ain't gonna have no half of following no Negro in the White House. We're gonna lose everything we got because. The Negro, I mean, we we had to let the Negro in because after forty or four hundred years, they, they deserve something. We're gonna get one. Now, never mind, we got one in that we can control, and he don't do everything they want to do. We gonna still, we 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 can't have we can't have twelve years of Negroes in 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 the first half of in the White House. So we we gonna have to do what we need to do, and they did. And see, yeah. quiet as it's kept right now. Uh, like I said, I, I work at the polls, and I saw I saw the, I, I saw the line of black folks and a few white folks lined up this morning when I walked up to the, the door to go in to get set up to work. And, and, but you know, if we're not careful, you know, we still got a, we still got a lot to do, and it ain't a lot of it has nothing to do with them. It's about how we see ourselves and how we how we work with each other. 
because if we don't get all that kind of stuff straight, there'll still be you going to divide and conquer. And, and, and you know, if they find that one Negro, the, the senator from, from uh, South Carolina, uh, the uh, attorney general from Kentucky, and a few others, They'll go, you know, they'll go along and say whatever needs to be said because, you know, we have a gentleman running for, uh, for uh, lieutenant governor in North Carolina who says uh, systemic racism does not, it doesn't exist because if it did, you wouldn't have two black people. North Carolina will have a black lieutenant governor this year, one way or the other. Right. And he, and and he that, said and because of it, that. And, because, and he says because of that, systemic racism doesn't even exist. And that's what, and that that was the point I made to you, Fred, and made to to T all the time, is the fact that I I don't I understand that um, well we have we can't bring as I told a, a listener last week you can't bring everybody along, but as soon oh, no. as they hear if but as soon as they hear. This buffoon Charles Barkley, or anybody else saying something, they go see your own people don't believe in Demo- the, the, the Democrats or whatever the case or liberalism or whatever or, or democracy. The, your own people listen to him. Listen to uh, a shack who bought these um, pizza uh, Papa John spots that, of course, support uh, the guy occupying the White House. Look at them. They're, the, they're your people. They look just like you. So if they say it, it must be right. But see, but see again. That that but see that goes back to the part of the uh, the of the manipulation, you know, using you know, using another black to to a big to, a big know, a big non-talking vocal black. Exactly. I mean, I thought you know, the funniest thing to me was that Shaq actually came out and admitted this was the first time he uh, voted, and you know. You could now you could take that either way. You could say, well, he's just wearing uh, I'm with stupid. Uh, you could say he's just wearing a stupid shirt, or you could say, well, you know, at least this election sort of moves him to whatever. But I, I I tend to look at it the other way because look, I I'm not gonna lie. I go back and forth with the whole voting thing. I, I think the the one thing I always what I what I've been saying a lot of. If you're if you're a little benevolent about voting for the presidential race, I get it, but do not do not sleep on local. If you don't vote for the presidency, I get it, but you got to vote local because politics has always been local, and those folks there, your 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 U.S. senators, your governors, your aldermen, your mayors, or whatever. Those are the people who do policy. Now, yes, um, yes, there's policy that's being done nationally, of course. But those folks locally are you're going to deal. You're going to be dealing with them on a. What they do is going to be dealing with you more directly than anything the president can. And I know for some people that's sort of ass backwards, but no, it's it's you have to. No, that's gospel. Yeah. Yeah, because politics is what you know. It's an old, it's an old sort of hackneyed thing, but it's true. Politics is local. 
you got to vote locally. I get it if you don't want to vote for the uh, presidency because because that's a that's a mess. It's a it's a it's a it's a it's a mess. And and yes, you run the risk of of not getting who you want to get in there. But that being said, if you don't if you don't vote if you're going to vote, got to do it locally. Got to do it locally. Let me let me give you all a bit of history. Back in the day, when blacks were more Republican uh, than Democrat, uh, and, and it's across, specifically across the South, do you realize that blacks could vote for president? Because if you look at the ballot, the presidential ballot is really separate from the others. Yes, it is. Because, mm-hmm. see, being in a military town, we could always give a ballot to a, a, a soldier who was not registered, but he's a soldier and he he's not registered, but he can vote locally. He can vote locally for the president. He can't vote for for the local election. Well, back in the day, one of the reasons they, 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 they used to have the straight party ticket was for illiterate whites who, who couldn't read, but could always check the first box. And among the things that they did, they they used that for was they would take you as a local, and they would say, "Well, you you can't you not vote you can't vote for uh, county commission, you can't vote for the state senate." So who was making all the rules and stuff? Because they, remember they used to, what was the term they used to use states' rights, and when you couldn't vote for the state senators, they made the rules for segregation or desegregation and all these other things. And because of that, they were able to stymie anything black folks did because black folks couldn't even vote because they were not part of the Democrat Party. That's that's where that famous speech, I'm just tired of being sick and tired. That's where that came from because they had actually made the the Democrat Party almost like a country club. No Negroes allowed. And because of that, they made, you know, that's why I used to tell people about uh, Hillary and the country club. Hillary had a key, so she didn't need to have the presidency, but she still had a key to to, to the uh, country club. So she could go get the money she wanted for whatever she wanted and get whatever she needed for her, you know, for her constituency, whether she was in office or not, because she could go to the country club. You, you know, you two and me, too dark. We can't, we, you know, unless we're there serving the tea and the coffee and, and whatever, the, the mint juleps and stuff, we, we can't get in. So because we can't get in, we can't, we have no seat at the table. And, you know, needless to say, because we have no seat at the table, everything that goes along with the seat at the table is involved. And so, you know, and that's, that's how it was done before now. What they do now is go back to divide and conquer because we, we've been fortunate here. In, in my hometown, is our city council in a, is is, major, is majority black. I think they have two whites out of nine seats, and our mayor is our mayor is is black. But then the kind of stuff they're running into is the white folks who used to go along with the various programs put uh, put forth by the city council and the mayor. They may or may not go along with it now because, you know. And, and, and quote, we are in a uh, nonpartisan. We, ha- we have a nonpartisan uh, uh, city council. Wink, wink. Mm-hmm. 
It's it's funny that you to make it because, um, and and I mean no disrespect to women in general, um, but they talk about you know uh, guys about Hillary and the ceiling and all that kind of stuff, and I know I, I give I give um, some kudos to Kamala Harris understanding it and pointing it out, but two things the the. Uh, the women's movement was about white women, number one. And then number two, that um, they want to give Hillary the, the credit and and go to um, um, Josephine Ferraro and all that. But they, I guess Shirley yep. Chisholm didn't do anything. She didn't do oh, anything that's... for the movement, you know. Um, and, but they don't uh, want to mention sure, her. Shirley, Shirley, Shirley Chisholm was almost like uh, Mary Terrell back in – in, in the fight for the uh, twenty uh, was it nineteenth amendment twenty yeah the suffrage, you, you, like, you know, the suffrage movement mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. because uh, Miss Terrell helped get the, the women's vote and she couldn't vote mm-hmm. because in, mo- in mo- across most of the nation blacks couldn't vote at all and then where you know the few places like up north. But they could. There weren't that many blacks, you know, in power anyway. But still, uh, we 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 have been the catalyst, if not as well as the, the the point for so many different things. And everybody wants to jump on our bandwagon. And unfortunately, uh, we we're too, we we have I guess seemingly been too nice to say uh, not this time, because when you go back and you know, like we just we just had a, a story run locally. About some of the investigations behind the the rioting at these protests. Well, we went down and we did the Black Ma- Black Lives Matter and whatever else stuff properly. But after about an hour and a half, we you know those people left. The people who were left out in the street, half of them were white. And and like in Raleigh, they found that so many of the people who did all the damage were not only not part of the Black Lives Matter. They were part of all kind of things to include possibly police. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hey. We have always, we've, we've, you know, we have all, you know, it's always funny. We've always, you know, you know, we're always told to be all inclusive when we're trying to do our thing. You know, and see, I, I, and I think that's the, I think that's. Um, what bothers a lot of people in regards to the Black Lives Matter because they have, you know, they, they, they put the LBGT community in there. Uh, they'll have uh, other non-blacks in there, and 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 it, and it gets lost. It, it and gets and lost. nobody ever stops and say, and nobody ever stops and say, okay, what do you true what what. Do you bring to the table, and what have you brought to the table? Exactly, exactly. And just... and, and, and see, you know, we we mentioned Malcolm and, uh, and and Martin earlier. You know, one one of the most moving pictures that true and they possibly end up costing both of them their lives. But that the one of the more moving pictures ever them was the one where they were, they were actually they've been in some kind of com- conference and were coming out and they were standing up laughing and. What was was what a lot of people they said well they yeah they they they're getting along no that's not that's that's not what that was about see this is this is where black 
folks had a chance to really make some some political hay had they so chosen. But what what was shown there is, okay, you got a choice, white folk, him or me. And it could be either him or either me. But you got to make a choice. And the the, the short range was, okay, we got to do something. But then they, you know, Martin did, I don't think Martin did a good enough job of solidifying things in writing because I, I used, we, used to, we used to rent this building. Our church used to rent this building from these guys. And when we had meetings with them, now, half of them never went to college. Some of them had been in the military, but they were a great bunch of guys. And they were so business. They, they had such business savvy. Their favorite line was this. Uh, Gentlemen, what does the paper say? What you got in right? You know, what does the contract say? And that's how they, that's, I mean, that's how they, they, they did business. And we have to get to a point where we, quote, do business. And we got to do more doing business than getting a business because, see, a lot of times we have gotten a business, but the business, the, getting the business has not worked for us because, we, we well, on one hand, I think we're, we can be too trusting. And I have had to turn down some offers from some people that almost to the person – at the end of the day, it was a, it was not just a good idea. At the time, it was long term. It was a great idea because, you know, there, there there are people who try to play you. And I mean, I have some good some good partnerships with some people that don't reap a lot of money. But I, if I need information, I need uh, whatever, I can get it. Well, you you need those kind of things. But at the same time, though, you got you you got you got to sometimes just tell people, hey. Uh, thanks for no thanks. I think too, um, as we close guys and you guys can comment on this, um, you both have said, and, and Tony says it all the time, you know, Malcolm and, and Mark Martin at the end of the day, they both were killed. I think what we don't understand Either by as the a same people, people or by the same kind of people. Right. And I think, though, what we don't understand as a people, and I think that's part of the issue, especially when we look at it politically and otherwise, is that um, they always are afraid of us when we are uh, a threat to them. You know, they hated Ali because he didn't. How dare you not go to fight in Vietnam. He said, no Vietnam never called, no Vietnamese never called me no nigger. So, so right, but but when he got Parkinson's, he was beloved and, oh, the greatness in this. So we don't seem to get that, T. Yeah, yeah less threatening. Right, so we don't, why don't we get it? What? Why don't we understand that they're playing us like that? And when well, first, those who are not on our side, they don't buy into it. They don't understand that, T. I think that let's put it this way, and 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 I don't think I'm being Pollyanna when I say this. I think I think people are more aware of it now. I, I think I think a lot more people are aware of it now. Uh, social media and other things have a lot to have a lot to do with it. But um, to me, 
the biggest thing we have to under, we, you know, it goes back to sort of what Fred was saying in the sense that we've got to trust each other. A lot of, right. a, lot of times, a lot of times, you know, we can be our own uh, worst enemy. And forgive me for saying this, I think it's worse. You know, it's not as bad with the brothers, of course, but I think in some ways it's worse with women because now, and see, it goes back to what you were talking about in regards to the quote-unquote equal rights amendment because, let's face it, that was all done for white women. Now, they were in that, now they used and manipulated black women to, to help further their cause, but once they, but once they got their, 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 their piece of the pie, so to speak, they pushed black women to the side. Now, yeah. I, I, I know they kicked I, women, I, black women to the side. And mm-hmm. black, the black male, and most importantly, the black male. You know, they they made it. I mean, you know, they made it somewhat chic to be, you know, to be that single mom. And now look, my you know, my folks got divorced when I was uh, young. I was like ten years old. So most of my growing up years was with my mother, and my mother did a great job. But the thing is. There was an agenda that was being pushed that, again, it went through breaking up um, the black family. Most importantly, you know, going after um, the black man. And we have to we have to have that laser focus on everything because it's still the same basic playbook now, but now. They have it's 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 again, it's done in different ways now. There's there's a, there's there's you know, there's not as much manipulation as it is, you know, just sort of you know, you know they'll sort of take it by the side. Well, you're special. You're not one of those. You're not like one of those uh, other black guys. And see, my first question is, what the hell do you mean by that? Because see, we get caught up in that whole thing of. You know, somebody quote unquote telling us, you know, we're special or whatever, and it's it's a slippery slope because yes, everyone likes compliments or what have you, but you have to realize where that compliment is coming from. And again, you don't want to be let's put it this way: the fine line between being paranoid and being aware gets crossed oh so many times. But I would much rather be somewhat paranoid than to be than to be so comfortable that you think you can't get got for lack of a better word. And and sense. Fred to his point it makes a lot of sense because um Fred to his point like with uh, when it came to the that movement um you know they they separated us so black women were I don't need a man um but I'm equal, but I'm still at the bottom of the total pole. White women are I'm as good as a man, and they moved up. Certainly not where they need to be. Certainly, you know, it's still a white man's world and country. But there's a difference in the philosophy and the way that whole movement went. You know, I don't need a man as well, opposed to I'm as good as a man. Well, but see, part of that came out of, again, going back to the whole black thing. Because, you know, you, you do know that white women are, are a minority. Oh, absolutely. Right. And, because, you know, and, and see, they profit more from being minority than we do. Because the, yeah. I, I, I remember doing, I've 
back in the day, I used to do some work, do contract work and stuff. And you know, you you lose a job, you go look at who, you know, you had, you had white women out there who had, they were vice president or CEO or whatever. Then you go look at what they did. They didn't even they, they didn't even hardly know where the office was. Honey, mm. you know, it, it, and 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 this was allowed to go on for quite a while. They eventually did a little something about it, but it's still, you know, the system still exists. She just had to show up at the office now. And we have we have opened more doors for more people, and we also not only opened the door, we we have we have walked through and gotten less than our so-called partners all along because uh, they reach, you know they reach in and grab what they want. Out of or their, their, they they value their share more than we than we do our share, and our share should be a bigger share. But you know we, the, the good thing that we have in our favor, is is a thing that we sometimes underplay about ourselves, and that is this: we have been greater than you know we have been greater than we have ever imagined, and given ourselves credit for. And the reason we know that is because the people around us do so much to try to marginalize us and yeah. to 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 take away what we have because we have something special and and once we you know once we realize who and what we we are as well as who's and what we are once we realize those kind of things then we can you know if you know I say it won't be nothing will be impossible for us but we got that's why I was saying earlier there's some work we got to do on ourselves and with ourselves because if we don't, uh, we'll be right back where we are now, and we'll be singing. You know, we, you know, we just like the four times the same old song. No. You know, it won't be no different meaning. It'll, it'll mean the same thing. We'll be the, still be the same old song. Well, the, we we also know um, how great we are because they also kill us. So, um, oh, I mean, they, 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 they see. This is why. This is why there's there's this, this perception of a threat because, right. uh, you know, remember that old song? I believe I can fly. You know, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't have to like the person who did the song, but you can know he was right. Because see, uh, as, as I. Uh, this motivational speaker was talking one time. He was talking about money. He said, uh, "You know, you, we we get we get we get some things uh, from the wrong perspective. Because see, if I'm delivering a million dollars to you and it's in a, uh, a truckload of manure, you just got to dig it out. What you gonna do? <laughs> if you smart, you gonna get a shovel or a pitchfork. <laughs> right. You gonna go. You gonna. It doesn't matter. You got to do. You know what you got to do because see, I mean, I grew up on a farm." Manure is big business. You know, if you know how, where and how to sell it and how to package it, manure is big business. Well, and I've driven by a farm, and you're right. Manure is big business. <laughs> if you got if you got cows, hogs, and horses, and so forth, to see, you go you go to well, the Sears is no longer there, but I used to run the the garden shop at Sears, right? Uh, you could get uh, bags like 20, 40, 50, uh, up to 100-pound bags of that stuff. And it wasn't that cheap either. And this was years ago, yeah. but still, you know, 
you had people in the city limits who who weren't allowed to have certain animals, but they used it. They used manure in their garden, and hey, manure was big business because the truck came in with pallet loads of that stuff. Mm. Definitely keep that uh, manure stuff. Uh, you can have it. Um, but, but, I, but you know, we, we, we all for the minute. <laughs> yeah, you know, but you know, you know, we we all we all we all know in most community, old school communities, there was always this guy with his old raggedy pickup truck. He went around yep. from house to house, neighborhood to neighborhood. That's right. And mm-hmm. he had, you know, he would pick up quote junk. You know, he was a, quote, local junk man. Well, it was like, in our case, Mr. Melvin. Mr. Melvin had that old truck. He drove it to work because he was a janitor at the school. You know, and all that kind of stuff, right? But you go to Mr. Melvin's house. Oh, you see Mr. Melvin on Sunday? Dressed to the nines, and Mama was straight, too. Mama mm-hmm. drove, rolls up in, in, in her Cadillac, and he's got his other pickup truck. Now his other pickup truck back in the day wasn't like the the the, uh, the four seater like they got now, but it was a regular pickup truck. But guess what? It had it had rims probably worth as much, rims and tires worth as much as the truck that he did his work in. He sent six children to college. Three of them went on scholarship. The other three he sent himself. And one of them went to some big school. Uh, and when they got ready to go to uh, medical school, you know. He was ready for them to go to medical school. One, mm. he understood business, and he learned how to take what other people didn't want and turn it into big money. That's right. And hey, doing making those sacrifices, doing what he he um, needs to do. Um, Fred, before you go, uh, and let people know how they can uh, get your. Your information, your 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 latest books, and 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 Tony. By the way, you uh, if, if Tampa does win it, the, the time of this broadcast, you are spot on about the best team in American League. Uh, uh, go ahead, um, uh, Fred. Well, my website is uh, dot com. I'm also on Facebook, BlackHeritageReview dot com, and HBCU Heritage Center. Uh, we have two books that we will have up in a couple of days. Uh, you have the uh, story of Claflin University as well as Livingstone uh, Bear Tracks under the uh, Maples and Oaks and the Brownlee story, which is a story of um, Nelson Brownlee in the women's basketball program at Claflin University. And shortly we will have the new version of Black College uh, Sports Encyclopedia which focus, this this edition focuses on the history of HBCU football, 300 plus pages of history, statistics, and stories about uh, and profiles of coaches and the players that made it great. Uh, and that will be up in the next few days. Well, you Black need Heritage to make sure com. you send me to make sure you um, uh, let's get together and get you back on so we can. Uh, promote it and talk about it so you get me that information uh, I definitely uh, truly want to have you on next week so we can we can do that uh, Fred and T like I said you know um, Tampa tied his game at the time of this broadcast um, they truly have been the better team I was 
and uh, in a spiteful way, hoping they would lose since they knocked my Yankees out of the playoffs. But uh, they they clearly have, um, you know, they they have they have the depth, um, and they're just solid. They've been solid all year, and they, and talk about the uh, the National League as well. Well, um, not ready to put the Astros away yet. I you know I'll stand by my prediction though, but. Um, I, I just put it this way. I hope that I, I hope for Dodgers' sake that they didn't put all their eggs in one game because, um, yeah, they came out with all the runs, but I I I I, I still think, all in all, I I think the Braves are the I think the Braves can take them. I really do. I think this is. Um, this Dodger team has at, at the at the wrongest times they've had their um, they've been very inconsistent and I and it's ironic that you know as we're taping this uh, your buddy and his Clayton Kershaw is um, going to them so yeah exactly <laughs> and we'll so we'll, uh, good we'll good luck see. to the Braves in the World Series <laughs> no 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 I'm not gonna put, I'm not gonna, no, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I won't go that far. I won't go that far. I won't go that far quite yet. But you know, Kershaw, Kershaw's got a lot to prove. I'll, I'll, ju- I'll, I'll just say that much. Kershaw's got a you know, lot been, to prove right now. Well, I've been calling the peanut butter sandwich for for quite some time. So um, next time we do this next week, uh, if we we haven't even touched the surface of the the black athletes and the artists. And everybody else that are resting in power this year, 2020, as I said, uh, this evening has been very sobering. Um, and uh, we have so many greats that have, have passed on, and we will definitely talk about that. I mean, I just mentioned Gail Sears and Bob Gibson. I didn't even uh, talk about Andre Harrell and uh, Colby and everybody. Like, you're all over the place. And we've still got two more months. Right. That's the that's the thing. Not to not to not to not to try to wish death on anyone, but you know, it, it, we still got you know almost two and a half months. So it's you know I'll just put it this way: I we usually do a a a, a year look back on folks who we lost. I, I've had, I've had to already get started on that just so I can make sure I don't you know forget anyone. Yeah, how we lose Valona for good times, Mister Boy. I mean that that you know. Well, I'm just, well, I'm just, I'm, see, I'm, see, I'm just doing just the one support. Now, right, I know. So yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's really crazy, uh, gentlemen. I appreciate you as always. Uh, God bless, uh, Fred. Let's get you on next week. Let's promote the heck out of this this book for you. Um, and thank you for your time and tea as always, man. You know, I appreciate you, sir. Take care, guys. Right, anytime. Thank you. See you next Thursday. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Fred Whitted, of course, from Black Heritage Review, of course, uh, HBCU author and uh, uh, historian uh, Tony T. Mac McLean from BASN Newsroom editor. You miss any part of our broadcast? Please do go to our website, thebastardnews.airtime.pro, thebastardnews.airtime.pro. Please do check out uh, our programming. Uh, if you miss uh, that, uh, follow us on Pad Nation at Facebook, Pad Nation, the number two at Twitter, LA Bachelor Instagram, or LA Bachelor 40 at gmail.com. Enjoy.
Talk with you soon on the Bachelor News Radio Show, the Bachelor News Radio Network, WCOM, Carborough, and Chapel Hill, North Carolina.